This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixirs. Are you someone who relies on energy drinks to power through your day? Well, what if I told you that those energy drinks could be doing more harm than good? And that's where Odyssey Mushroom Elixir comes in. Unlike traditional energy drinks that are loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients, Odyssey is packed with natural ingredients, including functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps. These mushrooms have been used for centuries to improve mental clarity, increase focus, and boost energy levels. Not only do these mushrooms provide natural energy, but they also have a host of other health benefits. We've even done multiple episodes on the power of functional mushrooms, and we love that they can help support your immune system, reduce inflammation, and even improve your mood. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. Odyssey's functional energy drink is the perfect way to get the energy you need without sacrificing your health. And it tastes really good. As someone who is no longer drinking alcohol, I also find this to be a fun and functional alternative to bring to parties, have as a post-work drink, and is a great afternoon pick-me-up. So if you're ready to make the switch, visit their website today to learn more and order your first case. Available in a variety of delicious flavors, there's something for everyone. My favorites include the blackberry lemon twist and orange ginger, but they're all wonderful. Plus, as a special offer for our podcast listeners, you can use the promo code CWPODCAST at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Ditch those unhealthy energy drinks and try a functional energy drink today. Visit their website at www.odysseyelixir.com and use promo code CWPODCAST for 20% off. Odyssey is also sold and shipped in the USA, and you can find them at your local retailer. And you can find all of this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a really great episode today with Chanel Dokun. Um, she's an author, a life planner, a relationship expert. And I took a lot from this conversation. You know, one of the quotes she says in this episode is, You are as sick as your secrets, which has really mm. stuck with me. And 
we talk a lot about the importance of morning routines, or maybe not a lot, but we touch on the importance of morning routines and routines. And I know, Ali, you and I were just talking right before about how we're both kind of having these like blah weeks a little where we feel out of our routine. Yeah. And something that's helped me is, you know, I've, I've learned that I have certain things that I need to do every day to really feel my best. Um, it includes for me, like journaling, Buddhist study, Buddhist chanting are three things that really help me in the morning. And then like having a nourishing breakfast, nourishing meals with protein and movement. I would say those are the things that like, I really need to do ideally in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. but what I found is sometimes I always prioritize my chanting practice and nourishing protein rich meals, even if it's a protein coffee or a protein smoothie. But I found sometimes life happens and I'll oversleep or I'll need extra rest or just my morning escapes me, or I will find myself going to my phone first thing and scrolling. And then the time has escaped me. And so something that's really helped me, and I don't know if this will resonate with anybody is I still make sure to hit all of those things, even if it's later in the day, if it's, you know, at a lunch break, or if it's in the evening, as long as I get my study in or my reading, it could be reading, um, you know, as long as I get my, my, journaling in, you know, all of those things, my movement, as long as I hit them, it doesn't matter if it's at 8am or if it's at 10am or if it's at 3pm. Right. And so figuring out those things I need to do every day, ideally in the morning, but to like really fill up my cup and help my mental health. Um, as long as I get them done, I feel good. And so kind of taking that pressure off for me, well, it has to be in the morning. Yeah. And ideally it is, right? Like I love a good morning routine and an evening routine. Like my evenings actually really set up my mornings. But now I just have this list I keep in my phone and I just try to do it every single day, mm. regardless of the time. The and time. that's really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something I wanted to share in case anyone that resonates with anyone. Cause it took me a long time to realize that for myself. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think part of the reason I've been feeling blah this week, it's so subtle, but it's true, is the um, time change. Yeah. When we're recording this intro, we've already experienced daylight savings. And man, it's just that little hour. It's like it's kind of having like low grade jet lag all week. So normally I'm I'm more easily a morning person where like you're saying like it it sets up um, the day more easily. And I also chant in the morning and I like to make my coffee and I like to either go on a long walk or go to a gym session or, and that's like before work starts, right? Like really kind of on the earlier side. But, um, I think also one of the things I think about, because I'm someone who like, yes, if I do those other things, it would be great to be able to do them later in the day. But the reality is sometimes if I don't do them in the morning, it's just harder for me to get to them later. Like it just is. I just want to like, you know, after work's done for the day or doing errands or whatever, I just kind of like am tired and want to eat dinner and crash kind of thing. So I really like the concept and this is part of our Buddhist practice, but it's like from this moment on, or like you can always redetermine. In fact, that's like, that's like a tenant of like what we practice where it doesn't really matter 
what is sort of like already happened. So there's no guilt in that sense. Like you don't punish yourself for anything. There's no guilt about it. It's like what you have is from this moment on. So like if you didn't do it today, but you know, it serves you yeah, just do it tomorrow. And so yeah. that like one day doesn't throw me out of the like totally out of a routine that I know serves me, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. It does. It really does. And yeah, it really does. And and I think for anybody, oh, there's a hummingbird. It's raining and there's a hummingbird right outside my window. So that's just a beautiful note <laughs> for anyone listening. But um, and my air, my air and astrology is showing with that observation. But speaking of astrology, you know, when this episode comes out, it will officially be spring, right? So it's like this week, if anyone felt this at this time last week, you know, it is that last week of winter, right? And so winter is turning to spring. It's the astrological new year. It's going to be Aries season, your season. (laughs) But I think regardless of if you're woo or woo adjacent, um, you know, there is something cosmically science well no it's a seasonal shift that's happening it is a seasonal shift. so it's like we're moving literally from winter into spring so that means energy changing that means different light in the sky that means you know all different things that yeah so I think if anyone listening to this was maybe feeling blah or coming out of a blah week you know there is something going on seasonally as well and I think this episode actually is a really great one for the changing of seasons because again Chanel really, you know, helps women create the life they've been waiting for. That's literally the title of her book and kind of how to get aligned with what you want and who you are is really what this episode is going to go into. So it's a good one. It's a really good one. So should we get into it? Yes. But before we do, just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. So if you want to treat yourself to the new spring season, of course, Milk and Honey Online Boutique carries a line of hyper clean products. It's female founded, female owned, and they also carry products in addition to their milk and honey line from Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, all the things. And they have spas um, in multiple cities across the United States. And you can save 20% on the spas at the online boutique with code CW podcast. And all of that info is in our show notes. So with that, let's get to the episode and Allie, you can take us away. Yes, today we speak with Chanel Docoon. Chanel is an author, life planner, and relationship expert trained in marriage and family therapy. Through her speaking engagements and coaching practice, she helps women get clarity on their life purpose so they can unlock their potential and build a life they love. Her first book, Life Starts Now, How to Create the Life You've Been Waiting For, is now available wherever books are sold. Chanel has also been featured on Good Morning America and in the New York Times, Real Simple, Essence, and more. In her book, Life Starts Now, Chanel teaches readers how to stand in the full authority of their unique identity. And by the end of the book, you'll have language to pinpoint who you are, what you want, and how you'll get it. With humor and deep wisdom from a decade of serving clients, Chanel guides you from confusion to clarity so that you can really start living. We have a really detailed conversation on how to live your most aligned life that will leave you feeling empowered. And we hope you enjoy this conversation. 
Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chanel. Um, we're excited to ha have our listeners get to know you a little bit. And um, just to get started, can you share with us a little bit about your personal background and your journey and how that sort of has led you into the work and the field that you're currently in? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I have been on quite the journey myself. I am currently working as a life planner and relationship expert. So I was trained in marriage and family therapy, but I kind of got to this space in an interesting way. So I started out, uh, I grew up in California, uh, went to uh, college as an English major. So I have this kind of nerdy, snooty English major side of me. And ended up moving to New York to pursue a career in magazine publishing, because that was my big dream. I had minored in psychology, but had this passion for uh, language and literature. And um, I ended up kind of landing my dream, right? Like the, you know, I kind of had that I made it moment of standing in Rockefeller Center. And that's a whole story. But it was me kind of working with the magazine. I was at House Beautiful and we were doing this live event there. And in the middle of this moment where I felt like I'd realized a big life dream, I immediately realized how unfulfilling it was. And mm -hmm. so it kind of sent me on this pivot where I wanted to explore some of my side passions. So all the stuff that I've been doing in the margins of my life, um, I ended up starting to figure out how that could be brought into like the mainstream, the main part of my life and be my primary story. And so that's kind of how I went on my own life planning figure it out. Who am I? What's my purpose um, type of self-discovery journey? And, and that's how I landed where I am now. Um, but, you know, the fun part of that too is there's all the good personal stuff of I'm a married lady. I've got two awesome rock star kids that I adore and um, really cool husband that's a psychiatrist. And we live down in Atlanta. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I think a lot of people listening can probably relate or might be in that mode that you're talking about, right? Where um, they were on one path and they're there and it's not what they thought it would be. And now maybe it becomes a transitional period. I mean, even Allie and I, we both have backgrounds in entertainment. That's like what we did for most of our twenties. And now we primarily work in the wellness space. So a lot of 
we had our own transition there as well. But I'd love to kind of unpack your story a little bit more if you're comfortable sharing, because I'm sure people listening are like, wow, that sounds great, but how terrifying, right? To (laughs) have that realization, um, you know, after I'm sure lots of hard work and effort to get to where you were. So what was that process like of kind of transforming your life essentially and stepping into where you are now? Yeah. So I had some things that I was passionate about, like I said, kind of in that space, like in the margins of my life, right? I had been doing a blog online. This was like in the the heavy age of early blogging. And I was working with my best friend. We were writing about relationships and I so loved the interactions that I was having with real people, bringing their life stories and their anxieties around relationships into this online communication with me and my friend. And I realized that there was something so beautiful about being able to help people experience more wholeness in their lives. And I wanted to get more training in it because it seemed like, wow, I'm really, I'm doing something that matters here. And I felt like I had some natural gifting and talents around it. Um, Good common sense, but also some good discernment in terms of how to guide people. And I thought, wow, like I'm, I'm pretty good, but I could be great if I actually had official training and a degree. So that sent me into my marriage and therapy, um, marriage and family therapy program to get some counseling experience. And I started to see again that that was just something that felt so much more enriching than this life that looked really great from the outside looking in. So, you know, on paper, it sounded great. You moved from California, you went to New York City, you got a job in publishing, like you're passing Gail King and, you know, Oprah on the escalator at work, right? Like those kinds of things sounded really amazing. And yet I felt like it was really empty and life didn't feel um, like it was meant to just like be lived behind these like velvet ropes at these events and all the things that kind of look like they're very sexy. Um, I wanted the the greater impact. So the, you know, the behind the scenes truly, and, and for listeners who maybe are in a similar space is when you start to notice like, oh my goodness, there's something here. There are like true passions that I'm ignoring because I'm trying to make my life submit to a larger idea of what's cool, you know? Um, that is something that you want to start to notice and and start to indulge a little bit. And, and that's what I did and how I got to where I am. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. This idea of like we sometimes set these maybe big goals with with um true sort of like drive behind them because we think it's what we want. And maybe it is what we want, actually. It's not even that we think it's what we want. It's what we want. But then it's maybe a different, the experience of getting that is a little bit different than what you anticipate it being. And I imagine if you're working with other people and probably like the way you also explain your own story, there's probably something that you have to kind of release in order to pivot into some of the side passions or the things that you said were like in the margins of your life, but still you felt really called to do or passionate about. And I know that's something even I've sort of grappled with a little bit when you have different sort of, um, or multiple passions or balls in the air in your life that you want to give time and attention to. But sometimes certain things are going to flow when other things ebb. And I know there can be like, 
and I'll speak for myself, this sense of like almost like an ego break where it's like, well, no, but this is who, this is part of how I identified myself for so long. What happens if that pauses for a while or changes form? Um, like when you're working with people as a coach, is that something that you see come up for them? And how is that something that you help guide through? Yeah. So it's funny. Actually, we have this membership community. Um, it's called Women of Consequence. And that's one of the main things that I'm actually planning to walk women through um, that are part of that. And I call that like the process of surrender, right? It's like at some point you have to let go of this idea that you had of yourself and maybe the things that you thought um, would give your life a certain level of meaning or give you a certain level of um status um, or kind of tick some boxes of what life is, you know, quote unquote, supposed to look like and start to allow yourself to kind of surrender that to what the greater purpose of your life may be. Because I think you're right in that sometimes we have these goals for our life and it's not so much that we even don't want that. It's just that we've over-indexed on those goals. Like we think that they're meant to fulfill us completely. And then we reach this point where we're like, oh no, like, for you two with working in entertainment. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a moment where you're like, wow, this is awesome. And then you're like, but there's more to me. Like at some point I built this up as the totality of my existence. And then I realized, oh, there's all these other pieces of me where I want to express my gifts and my talents. There's other parts of my life that I need to pay attention to. And so I think it's surrendering kind of that, uh, that vision of yourself and that one kind of maybe rigid way of thriving and allowing yourself to open up to new ways that you could experience um, your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've been having these conversations with so many friends actually in both the career space and in relationships. And I know, right, you're an author um, a life coach in your relationship, ship, <laughs> a relationship <laughs> expert. And, you know, it, it, it's very difficult. I don't want to discount that in a career space, it's very difficult. Like these conversations I've been having with people where it's like their identity is very much wrapped up in right. What, what they do, what we do. I feel like that's the American way, right? The capitalist society we live <laughs> in, we identify who we are is what we do. And then realizing, as you're saying, there's, there's a lot more, um, yeah, to life and in relationships, I almost feel like it can be even more challenging to kind of break our attachments and surrender. Um, and as a relationship expert, how do you work with individuals? I'm sure there's crossover in both career and, um, relationships, but, you know, so many individuals are in unhealthy relationships or codependent relationships, or they know, right, like something isn't serving them or working for them, but it can be hard to let go of that. Um, how do you work with people on the surrender in a relationship and the letting yeah. go? Yeah, you're totally right. I think, I think we apply that same kind of philosophy of that obsession with our career 
or that limited view of our lives and that we often apply to our career, we can do that in relationships as well. And um, most of us kind of tend to actually do it. I find a pendulum swing where we have seasons where it's like, it's all about my career. And then we swing over into like, no, it's all about my relationships, whether that be romantic or otherwise. And I find that, you know, this, the answer is the same for both, right? It's really about how do you uh, amplify your individual identity outside of anything else. And so how can you help someone develop a robust view of who they are without any props? Like to know that I'm enough, like I'm worthwhile, I'm interesting, <laughs> I'm, you know, purposeful outside of these other little pockets of my life that my identity can be experienced and like expressed in the context of relationship or it can be expressed in my work, but that's not all of me. Like my life doesn't rest in, only on the spaces. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think I, sometimes there's a grief that goes along with that um, yeah. in the sense of like in the surrendering process where it's like, it's not just the attachment to the relationship that I think sometimes comes up. And I'm just also reflecting like on my own experiences, but both with career attachments, relationship attachments, maybe, maybe attachment in general. It's not just always like what you attaching to the other, the other in the situation, like whether it's the partner that you don't want to, you know, detach from that, even though it might be for your highest good or the job or the, it's like, it's a sense of how you've defined yourself, which is what you're yeah. sort of talking about. It's like the, it's detaching from your own attachment to your, how you've defined your identity. And that can be small sometimes, as you said, where it's like when we, it's the hardest thing though. It makes sense that people really need guidance and coaching and like support in this process, because when we do that, yeah, we can open up a world of possibility for ourselves. but there's that in between where I think probably a lot of people experience fear around that. So yeah. I'm curious, like with the, with the folks that you work with and in your own sort of experience, um, what is that part of the process like for most people, like working through the fear and, and then helping kind of develop, do you have to help develop senses, like a sense of hope for something beyond that so that people can get the courage to move through that space for themselves? Yeah, I think that at first, you know, that process looks like really starting to identify what you've been holding on to and, and, and how you've been defining yourself and understanding like the story that you've been a part of. So I spend a lot of time working with clients and in, in my own life trying to just get perspective. I'm like, who am I? What are the, what's the story I'm telling myself about myself, <laughs> right? Um, what have I been um, kind of latching on to in some way? And then to go, well, is that true? And is it possible for this um, for the parts of that story that are true and that are authentic to me, how do I lean into those in more beautiful ways that are more robust and, and meaningful? Um, I think about, you know, in my own life, a little bit of that happened with my career. A lot of it actually happened for me in my romantic life um, before meeting my husband. I definitely was this uh, woman who never thought I'd get married, never wanted to have kids. I was very career driven. I love the idea of living in the city. And I remember starting to date my husband and saying, like, I'm going to die in Brooklyn. I need you to know that. Like, this is where I want to be. And if you can't fit into like this life I've cobbled together for myself in Brooklyn, like this won't work, right? 
And, you know, spoiler alert, because I've already told you, I live here in Atlanta with my husband and two kids, right? So um, you see how that worked out. But part of that process for me was recognizing that I had latched onto this idea of myself and using all of my gifts because it felt so good. Like I had a pretty, you know, darn good life. It felt so good to be living that existence that I had in Brooklyn. And I thought like there was no other way for me to experience some of the things I was experiencing, even though I had a lot of pain and difficulty in the midst of that too, and areas where I wasn't fully optimized, right? But I was so afraid to let go of what was working in order to fix what wasn't working that I, I almost missed out. And so you asked like what that process looks like, you know, for me, it was just finally going like, I have to be okay. Like I have to get to a place where I can believe that I'm going to be okay. And that I can still have meaning without holding on to this idea of Brooklyn. I need to uh, come up with, there's this phrase of like radical, I need to be radically indifferent to the outcome, right? Like I'm going to be okay, no matter what. And in that space, it's terrifying to be kind of open handed and just to say, I don't know where this is going, but that is the process that's necessary because in that space, you start to get more confidence of like, oh, wait a minute, like this is who I am. And you start to be able to be more selective and make uh, real choices about what you want to do moving forward rather rather than feeling obligated or um, unhealthily attached to something from the past. Yeah, I, I can relate so much. And yeah. and even with um, my releasing my attachments, right, has been um, the most transformative thing I've done in my life, right? Just even in the last few years since the pandemic, right? I think the pandemic forced a lot of people to face their attachments and almost be forced to release them maybe in a quicker way than we would have otherwise. But for me, um, it was like releasing certain attachments I had to people's places and things truly. Um, it was, it was like, I remember there was like moments where I was like on the floor of my living room, like sobbing, right. Even though I knew it was the right, the right release. Um, it, it's so challenging and painful. And so my question then is, but again, there's so much beauty on the other side and I'm so happy on the other side. And my life has transformed completely on the other side. Um, and I think working with someone through this is, crucial and can be crucial because, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have, I have a lot of tools in my toolkit, right. And, um, I have a Buddhist practice that really has helped me through a lot of these attachment releases and, and transitions in my life. But I'm curious is like what tools you utilize when working with people to release those attachments, because even if we know on the other side of our fears is everything we want. On the other side of this surrender is everything we want. It's, I mean, you know, I'm 34 years old now. I was like in my early 30s when I was going through these transitions. It's like I latched on pretty tightly to these these ideals or situations that I thought I I really wanted, you know. And so, um, what are some tools that you utilize when working with you that help kind of people release those claws that they might have on those attachments? We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. 
Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, seed is committed to creating science-based education 
for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. So I think um, probably the biggest one is I have a practice I call my reclaim the morning practice. And that is this idea of, uh, you know, our world is so noisy and all day long, our lives are being kind of influenced and shaped by other people. And um, whether that's, you know, other real relationships in our lives or kind of the larger cultural hum and drum that's going on around us of what we're supposed to value. And so I think it's really critical that we have spaces in our life where we can get quiet and we can reflect and we can tune into what our own voice is telling us. And, you know, I kind of come from maybe more of a Christian background in that as well. And so also kind of identifying maybe God speaking to you within that phrase, in that time frame as well. But whatever it may be, I think being in a place where you can not accidentally <laughs> be being formed and shaped by other things, but you can actually tap into what your own voice is. So I say reclaim the morning. I have people um, get up, spend the first part of their day and kind of silence and solitude. Um, there's a journaling practice that goes with that. And I kind of outline um, that people can kind of enter into more of like a stream of consciousness type of um, more meditative journaling process. And I think that helps with some of the surrendering. Because it's giving you space to actually pay attention to what you're holding on to in your life and start to notice like what's pulling at me <laughs> and, and what am our in what way am I valuing this thing? And is it okay for me to let it go? Also, you mentioned so beautifully, like it's a real, you know, it's a grief process. And so we need with all kinds of grief, we need a space where we can actually like weep and explore our feelings and um, not be forced to rush into a new meaning, but just to acknowledge and kind of honor what we had. And so I think that reclaim the morning process kind of gives people a space to do that really safely and then start to move out into the world where, you know, they can start to make those proactive choices. Um, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I, I was just going to say that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, like that sort of getting quiet and being able to process it with their, the journaling tools in the morning. And there's something that happens in the morning. I know not everybody is like a morning person. I happen to be one, but I find that if I don't have that morning time, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of time, but just that like quiet self-reflection time in mine and Erica's case, we both chant in the morning. It's part of our spiritual practice, but like and sometimes journal or sometimes just like sit and have my coffee. <laughs> um, it really, it sets, it sets up the day in a different way. And it gives you, as you were talking about the intentionality and time to sort of like process through whatever, whatever the transition might be that anyone is in at any given time. Um, 
And that kind of leads me as you were speaking to like, once this, you can, people can kind of move through some of this to identify you, you talk a lot in your work about purpose and that we all have a unique purpose and how, how do you help folks identify that? Um, I know there are so many people out there and I have a lot of friends in my community and I'll even speak for myself too, like where I feel like I have a lot of purpose. Sometimes I struggle with like, well, I feel like I have a purpose here and I feel like I have a purpose here. I feel like I have like, I actually don't struggle with what my purpose is. It's more just like, or having a purpose. It's just like how to channel it and use my energy in the way that it can be best used to create value at any given time. Um among my many interests. But I also know that people really struggle with feeling a sense of purpose or identifying purpose. Um, so how does that start to, like, how do you start to incorporate that into working with folks? Yeah. I think, you know, purpose can be this scary topic because <laughs> it feels so big and it's also like really esoteric. Like, what are we even talking about when it comes to purpose, right? And I like to break it down into three really simple pieces. And so I think when we're talking about purpose, we're talking about essentially three questions, like who am I, right? Like, so what are my talents? Like, what do I do? What's my unique identity in the world? We're talking about where am I headed? So like, what's the direction of my life? And I think the direction of our lives should be driven by our heart, which is that like unique equipping space. Like, what are you passionate about that Maybe other people don't even care about or notice as much as you do, but you're uniquely on this earth in a way that you care about it. And then we ask that final question is like, well, how am I going to get there? So that's the other practical part of purpose is like, what does it look like to take action? How do I steward the influence and pay attention to the fact that, you know, you have been placed in Los Angeles, like you live there, you don't live in Bali, right? So there's some unique impact that you're meant to have by the fact that you live where you currently are. <laughs> and so if you can kind of look at those three pieces, which you know I kind of say is talent, heart, and influence, at the intersection of those things, we start to find out and kind of uh, amplify what our purpose is. And I think you're you know, brilliant in the way that you described your purpose, because it is like, it's not so much that we have like multiple purposes, right? We have one purpose. But it manifests itself in different ways, depending on the setting or the bucket of our life. So my, you know, my purpose looks one way when I'm executing against it in my relationships with my family. It looks different when I'm with my friends. It looks different at work. But what's really awesome is if you can pull back and get one higher North Star that's kind of guiding all of your life, um, that provides such simplification and uh, such confidence for your life um, that, you know, that's what I'm hoping for every one of my clients to kind of get them to that place. Yeah. So beautiful. And we're so, I think we said this right before we started recording, like we feel so aligned with your teachings and your, your mission. And um, it's interesting too, because I've been to so many, um, I grew up in a Buddhist home, but I've been to so many lectures about Buddhism and Christianity and like they're so similar. It's just language and the way it manifests that mm. um, kind of changes, right? Maybe like the belief system or the practice or whatever it may be, but at their core, like there are a lot of similarities between Buddhism and Christianity. And so that's, it's interesting I, when you said, oh, well, like I come from a Christian background and I think anyone listening can put their own faith 
into this, right? Higher power, spirit, universe, God, whatever resonates. But I, I fundamentally agree that this like greater mission and purpose is the guide for everything else and kind of coming, I don't know, it's coming home to yourself or bringing forth like your most authentic self is, is the guide to, to living in your truth. And you mentioned confidence too, at the end. And I think confidence is another thing people really struggle with. And so is confidence, um, is it come from having that like higher, like that, that, that kind of core key mission, like kind of unlocking that, or how would you encourage people to, you know, be more confident in themselves and in their lives? Yeah, I think that we are often experiencing a lot of insecurity and kind of that lack of confidence because we're not certain what we bring to the table versus someone else, right? Um, We're constantly being trained in our culture now to kind of measure ourselves against the person sitting next next to us. And unfortunately, because everything's like virtual, there's a lot of people sitting next to us, right? So we're often asking, am I supposed to like be like Beyonce? Like, is that like the goal? Like, should I be living that life? Or um, am I meant to be like, you know, the teacher at my kid's school? Like, what is the version of thriving that I'm meant to be pursuing? And um, that causes, I think, a lot of anxiety and stress for us and a lot of insecurity because I'm always going to be a second rate version of Beyonce, even at my best, right? Um, But I can only be like a first rate version of Chanel. And so I think that the confidence comes from getting to a space where you're so sure of these are what my talents are. Like no one else can deliver in this way. And and that's, that's part of the work that I do is helping clients actually wrap very intentional, unique language around their talents. So I know when I walk into a room, part of my job is, you know, I'm, I'll throw out one of my talents is I'm like an insight communicator, right? So I know that my goal is I'm going to find some way to communicate some insight to someone. I know that my goal is not to entertain you. (laughs) My goal is not to like help bring about a more beautiful aesthetic. Other people are focused on doing that. I can be confident in knowing that I am delivering on the thing that I'm uniquely qualified and equipped to do. And so that gives me a lot of peace because I don't have to compare myself. I don't worry that I'm not, you know, belting out, um, you know, the notes that Beyonce is belting, right? I can be like, okay, well, that's great. You know, but she can't be me, right? She can't do what I'm here to do. So I think that's where a lot of that confidence comes from is, is the confidence in knowing who you are. If someone is struggling, maybe after years of dealing with perhaps self-esteem issues or things like that in, in identifying their talents, I mean, tangent for a second, we just sort of, all of us have expressed a certain level of maybe they manifest differently, but like we have personal faith on some Mm -hmm. level. And I think when you have that, regardless of how it looks, there's a sense of, um, I don't know, like, yeah, a bigger sense of connection, um, to something, whether it's just like the other people on this planet or to yourself or to a higher power, however you want to define that. And so, but I think when people like really, really struggle with self-esteem or don't, don't have something that kind of manifests some sort of faith and it doesn't have to be, I don't think that necessarily has to be like structured or religion necessarily, but, um, 
I think it can be hard to identify what are your innate talents are if you've never if they've never been cultivated too like if you've never had people in your life tell you wow you're really you know you're just naturally good at this or you're a wonderful listener or you're a you know an amazing musician like it can be very specific or it can be like you, you know interpersonal as you were saying too to be able to identify that is there a process if someone comes and they just like know what they like, but they don't necessarily feel talented or might be talented in something, but don't yet have the skill set that go along with being able to translate those talents. Like, how does that all work together as far as identifying? If someone comes to you and is like, I I can't identify for myself where my talents lie right now. And I'm sure they have them because everybody has something that they can give. But if they if they're struggling with the identification process, um how how do you approach that? Yeah. Well, you know, it is hard. It's hard to see ourselves. And not only is it hard to see ourselves because of maybe what our past experiences have been like, maybe we've never been in tune with that. Maybe we've experienced some trauma that's caused us to um, be unable to see it. Or on the flip side, I find that folks can be very self-deceptive, self right? In terms of we want to see ourselves a certain way. So a lot of times I'll work with clients where, you know, they'll say, I have a real gift for leadership. And then we'll dig into their life story. And I'm like, this person has never led anything in their life, right? There's like no evidence of leadership, but they want to believe that that's who they are. And so they tell themselves that story and they experience a lot of defeat around their talent because um, they haven't actually tapped into the right one. So I do think it is valuable. That's that's often why people hire me, to be honest, is because they want somebody that can help from the outside looking in, help put language to who they are and maybe push a little bit to see what's true of them that they can't see for themselves. Um, in my book, um, there's a section in Life Starts Now that's called, like I, I think it's, I don't remember what I titled it, but something about finding your flickers of genius is how I refer to it. And that's kind of this process of how do you start to uncover these clues to what your talents may be? And talents, I kind of also call them like that area or zone of genius, um, to borrow kind of uh, Dr. Gay Hendricks' language of genius. Um, and so it's things like, how do I look at, you know, maybe personality type things um, and get some knowledge about that? How do I get some information from friends and family? And how do I uh, notice these different things from my past um, you know, life in terms of the different experiences that I've had, how do I grab all of that and start to pull together some common threads and get some language for my talents? So there is a process. Um, if it's something that, you know, honestly, if it's something that you're really interested in trying to figure out, the, the book will kind of walk you through some step-by-step. But I also say enlist the help of a friend or a therapist or a coach as well because sometimes that process can be really hard to do on your own. And so I just want to acknowledge that difficulty. Uh, no, I definitely wouldn't be anywhere without my community, my, my therapist, my, my, you know, my right. network. And, and I think a lot of times it's a lot of pressure to put on maybe your friendships or your romantic partnerships, right. To be, because of course your friends are there for you. Your partner is there for you. But if, if you're really like, having like an unbiased professional opinion is, is always going to, I feel like help you 
and the people in your environment so much more because your friends aren't equipped or your partner. They're not life coaches. They're not therapists, right? They're just there to love and support and treasure you um, if they're healthy dynamics. But you mentioned your book, Life Starts Now, and you've mentioned your group coaching. And I know you do one-on-one coaching. And I think your book is so wonderful because what I love about podcasts, what I love about books is it's an accessible entry point right into the work for, you know, no matter your budget, no matter where you're at, you know, you can right. you can pick up a book or you can put on some headphones and listen to a podcast. So I think that's always a great, a great resource for people. But what, how did your book come about? And is it your kind of, um, your life's work in, in the book, you know, is it kind of a condensed version of everything you do through group coaching and one-on-one coaching? Um, yeah. Tell us about the book even a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Well, um, thanks for reading it, by the way. I, you know, I'm so excited about it. I've been working with women and some men too, but working with women predominantly um, for about the past decade in the space of life planning and just so have loved the work and um, exactly what you said about the accessibility of it. And I wanted to find a way to take this really wonderful work that I'm doing one-on-one and make it more available to people everywhere. Um, And whether that be because, you know, they're not able to like afford to work with someone one-on-one or simply that, you know, we're not in the same location and all of those things, it can be a challenge. Um, Also, you know, people don't always have the margin and they're not always able to work at the same pace that, um, you know, that lines up with my availability. So um, I wanted to do that. And then the other piece and why I'm excited about it, and yes, I do kind of consider it a way like my life's work was... um, I would work with people one-on-one and they would share these incredibly vulnerable things and the insecurity that they're feeling. Um, I talk a lot about in the book how women describe their lives as like they're drowning in shallow water. And it feels like from the outside looking in, they look like they've got it together, but inside they don't know how to make life work. And they all would come into my office and enter the work with me feeling so alone and feeling like they're the only person who feels this way. And I would just kind of laugh because I'm like, yep, the person who was in here right before you said the same exact thing, right? And so I I wanted to put that work into a book format so I could kind of send that out into the world just to be an affirmation that you are not alone. Like you're not the only person who's asking these questions. And if you're feeling like, man, other people think I've got it together, but if they only knew the truth of how much I am suffering behind the scenes, you know, they would either abandon me, run away or be shocked, right? I want them to know that your best friends are probably asking the same questions uh, that you're asking here too. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's part of sometimes the conversation that Erica and I have behind, (laughs) behind closed doors, but just like off recording (laughs) um, is uh, that that's what we want these conversations to be too, because I think so many times it's getting better. I think in this world in so many ways, especially with um, mental health and physical health and all different sorts of like exploration of self and the human condition. And um, it is improving, but I think sometimes there's a lot of um, shame around being vulnerable, vulnerable, about it. It's hard to do. We're not really 
openly taught to do it. And as you mentioned earlier, we now have like with the dawn of the age of social media, we also have like what we see on a daily basis as far as all the people quote unquote next to us is um, a very curated experience and is not representative of the whole experience. And I was actually listening to a podcast when I was at the gym this morning. It was Chelsea Handler's podcast. And she's, I, th- I find her to be very funny. <laughs> she's, she's also from Jersey. I'm from Jersey originally. So like, I appreciate how like, yeah, she's very, she's like a, you know, straight talker. She says it how it is, but you actually had, um, I've listened to a, a handful of her episodes, but the one today was with Mandy Moore, who is the actor Mandy Moore, but was singer and, they were um they were talking about their own insecurities even in throughout the course of their careers and how other people perceive them to have quote unquote made it because they have very visible careers in their fields and Mandy had made the transition from being a young like teen singer to an actor um and then getting the show this is us which was like quite successful but she was talking about the experience like right before she booked that contract for This Is Us. And she had just been receiving so much rejection as an actor. Like everything was, be- she was being turned down, turned down, turned down. She she had this moment was like, well, maybe I had my moment like when I was younger as a singer and and it's over. Like, and I just need to be kind of grateful for that. And And she's like, maybe I'm just not good. <laughs> like as an actor, like I just can't make this. And it was in this like moments of deep insecurity. And then she booked the contract right after. And Chelsea kind of echoed that like, yeah, in the moments of the deepest sense of like insecurity about it all, um, sometimes it's like darkest before the dawn right after. And it's like a moment of like breakthrough beyond that. But that even people who like with the perception of other people thinking they've really just made it in their careers, the process of like, it's over for me. It's over for me. Like this isn't, I don't have it. I can't cut it. All that stuff, that insecurity is a normal part of the process. And now they're, they were both saying they can sort of recognize that when they go to those places, because it's happened enough over the course of their careers. But this idea of, I just kind of like digressed a little bit because you had talked about like the social media and all that sort of like comparison that like everybody else has it figured out when like Nobody really has it figured out, but to be able to share that with each other or just like share it as we go in the figuring it out process really just destigmatizes a lot of the process, I think. And so people don't need to feel the same kind of shame around their insecurities or shame around failures um, and that it doesn't necessarily act as a deterrent especially when everything you see from everybody else is highly curated. Yeah. There's that, there's that saying of, you know, where you're as sick as your secrets. And I think sometimes there's this um, shame that we hold on to in private of like, my life doesn't measure up to whatever it is. And I think part of the, you know, journey toward health is recognizing, Hey, like I can be open about the fact that I don't have it all figured out. Um, You know, I, definitely have been in that space. And, you know, as a therapist, that's part of what motivates my work as well, because yes, there's the beautiful, fun work that I get to do that's really intimate and meaningful of helping people build life plans. 
but I've spent so much time working with people in areas of pathology and pain and grief and trauma and all of the stuff that is on kind of maybe the more negative side of the spectrum with mental health care. And I have all of those clients in my, in my practice. Right. And so having people who are very successful and whether it's like, you know, these are top executives at different companies, these are celebrities and all those kinds of things, they all come into the office and they cry the same way. Right. And they all feel the same kinds of, they're all asking the same questions and having that same level of uncertainty. Um, In some ways it's just harder when you're on those stages, because like you said, there's, there's a whole world that's kind of rising up around you. That's saying like, no, you've made it, you're doing it, you're doing it. And it can be harder to actually acknowledge um, how much it's not working. But, um, you know, I always think our, um, you know, the freedom is in acknowledging the truth, like telling the truth about who you are is where, where all the healing starts. So beautiful. And I love that. I just wrote that down. Like you're as sick as your secrets. Like that is just, yeah, everything. Thank you for everything you've shared today. Um, This really impacted me and I'm sure it's going to really impact our audience. And as we begin to wrap up, we always conclude with three questions. And the first is what are some of your daily self-care practices and self-care non-negotiables? Ooh, okay. So definitely that reclaim the morning practice. That is a game changer for me. Um, I love a good uh, bit of coffee as well. <laughs> so that's it's my my version of self care is just treat yourself a little bit after um, having that reclaim the morning time. Um, I'll say that you know, as far as the other self care, this is kind of a weird one maybe just to admit, but it's learning to say no to something. I am like an overachiever, squeeze it in. What can I do today that, you know, I don't want to put off for tomorrow. And so looking at my schedule and developing a regular habit of cutting something out and saying no and delaying activities and stuff is like one of the greatest ways for me to love myself. I love that. Thank you. Um, The second question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Ooh, um, I think being courageous is moving forward in spite of how terrified you are um, and choosing to believe that you will have what it takes when it matters, you know, um, that you can face all of those obstacles and that you're not going to be, um, you won't succumb to them, right? That you have the power to kind of overcome what's going on in your life. Thank you. Our last question is, is there a book that you would recommend to our audience that has meant something to you along your journey? And it can be on any, any topic. Ooh. Okay. Um, obviously my book life starts now. (laughs) Um, I'll say the other book that's probably meant a lot to me is, uh, there's a book by Larry Crabb. Um, called Shattered Dreams. And I love that one. Um, when you feel like life is falling apart and it's not panning out the way that you'd hoped. Um, I really love Shattered Dreams. Thank you. And if anybody wants to buy your book, find you, follow you, um, work with you, where can they do that? Yeah. So uh, find me online. Uh, you can go to my website, chaneldokun.com. Um, I am also on Instagram, despite how crazy it can be over there. I love um, getting to be a real person on the internet. So you can follow me on Instagram at chanel.dokun. Thank you. And thanks again, Chanel, for your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. 
Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.